Welcome to Fire the Cannon, part of Everyone Gets a Trophy podcast family. I'm Rocky. I'm Hannah. And I'm Megan. And this is Fire the Cannon. Today's episode, we're diving right into the state of college football. Uh, We are a podcast about all things Texas and sports. So, of course, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the state of college football in these crazy times. Uh, You know, the death of George Floyd definitely ignited the country and then consequently the world with demonstrations around the U.S. and other places. Um, Colleges are really finding themselves on the forefront of change. They're kind of been thrust in this spotlight. Um, so we're going we're to dive into that. We're going to talk about it. Um, and we've got to, of course, talk about Texas, right? Our motto is what starts here changes the world. And really, UT's been, being put to the test. They're, they're really being held to the fire to really see if that is that just a saying or is it what they're all about? Um, so let's just jump into that, guys. Like, let's get going. All right. So we say what starts here changes the world. And so far, we're seeing, like you said, Texas is really taking a leadership role um, out in front. They were the first to be really vocal about wanting and encouraging their athletes to speak and use their platform, use their voices. Uh, within days of uh, George Floyd's death and the ensuing protests and riots, within days of those um, those few days, we saw uh, Coach Tom Herman release a statement saying that he wanted his players to express their voices, their experiences, and their pain. Um, Athletic Director Crystal Conte was quick to um, add that he wanted the students to speak up and be part of these difficult conversations. Yeah, and and I think something that's really key and important, and I can't say that I saw any other school really take charge right. in the forefront the way that Texas did. I mean, social media platforms changed the look and feel. <laughs> they went to, you know, black backgrounds, all black and white imagery, really releasing these strong, powerful statements in support of their students. Just like you said. Even using hashtags. Yeah. I mean, really, truly. Yeah. And I thought that was remarkable. It seems like such a small thing, but it was huge. Truly, Texas is, uh, to me, was one of the ones that was out there out front and, and really leading that charge. Even with the national media. Right. Um, uh, Aside from the official statement that Tom Herman released, I think it was really cool that he did that interview, as we know, where he kind of dove into it a little deeper. And he basically said, you know, there's a weird double standard that exists. And most people don't realize that that is covert racism. He said, you know, you, you're yelling for these boys on Saturdays, you're filling stadiums, you wear their jerseys, but would you let them date your daughter? Like right. he brings up these uncomfortable questions yeah. that and, we need to talk about. And, and I think, think it was about. really blunt in a way that we really right. don't, it, we, it was kind of devoid of the coach speak we always hear, right? Yeah. right. These weren't canned statements that were coming out. I, and I think that resonated with a lot of people. Yes. I think, you know, it, pissed off a lot of people, of course, but at the same time, it it felt true. It felt honest about who he was. Mm -hmm. And he was honest. He said, you know, we've got a lot of people in the stands. And if we're just being blunt about it, a lot of them are white, like a vast majority. Uh, Right. Yes. And one of the things that he said that stuck out to me uh, was you can't cheer these kids on for three and a half hours on a Saturday and then not care about them the rest of the time. That's the question I have for America. You can't have it both ways. Right. I, I thought that was poignant. And yes. again, we're getting away from that coach speak and, and the canned responses yeah. that we see so often. I mean, so he's saying often. that as an American and as a dad and just a citizen. You're like looking at the climate and saying, this is wrong. We have to change the way we think. Right. It felt, I felt his sincerity, too, when he was on with Colin Cowherd the 1st of June. He was interviewed about that they had had a three-hour meeting with the team. And he said they were really encouraging them to express their pain, their fears, their confusion. And he was emotional. He said he was, you know, you could tell that he was emotionally exhausted. Like he had sure. really invested into that conversation with them and that he um, said, you know, was just telling that we, our actions are what's going to bring change. Don't talk about it, be about it. And that he was really encouraging them that if they're going to help overhaul the society, um, that their, their actions are going to be what's making it happen. And, and he wanted them to get out and be part of the the voice, part of the protest, part of the action. And we saw, I think we saw the support when the players were yeah, marching on the Capitol. They and officially banded together, mm-hmm. white and black, coaches, players, and, you know, made that big statement publicly. So they actually followed through with, with what they're saying. So yeah. that, I mean, those are all positive things. Like as a Texas fan and alum, those are good things. Sure. Yeah. So jaded, right? I'm going to oh, yeah. bring this up and say, 
I think Herman really helped recruiting. If we're going to break it down to that and, mm-hmm. and get that blunt about things, yeah. I think it, it was exactly true. You really saw the things that he's been saying prior to this and who he is as a coach, as a leader of young men. I think he really stood out and showed that he cares about his players, not just as football players, not just as people who produce. Win. Right. Right. Not just as people who are producing on the field, but he genuinely, when he goes into those living rooms and is talking to recruits and talking to families, I think it came across really genuine that mm-hmm. he actually cares. He really, yes. he, he worries. And, and our coaching staff, I think. And he talked whole, about his own, his, you know, his father being homeless, dying in a homeless shelter and, and that the pain he knows of what it's like to struggle um, with different family issues. And, and he takes that empathy and that's what the players have been asking for. The players have been asking for empathy, not sympathy. They've been vocal about that. They want people right. to be compassionate and listen and try to have conversations. Because like his father figures all his life were pretty much coaches and that's right. why he got into the profession that he's in yeah so I think that resonated and you know Carrington of course we've got to talk about him he's been incredible for the university he's he's really stepped up and done an amazing oh. job with recruiting right yes and here in this moment in this time I think his story as you know a black director of recruiting mm-hmm. I think that resonates where he came yes. from his roots in Houston his the path he took the struggles he had coming up and and you know, by his account, too, he had an unusual upbringing. His mom was, you know, very, very adamant that he get his education, not necessarily in the neighborhood that he grew up in. And and that's relevant, right? Like, I think it that's is. something, again, that's going to resonate with families. It, it, this isn't just the party line of some PR-created right. garbage that needs right. to be, you know, regurgitated. These are real stories, and these are our coaches and who they are. And I... I Man, again, I know it's a jaded thing to talk about recruiting, but I think Texas positioned themselves well. And they also have leaders like Kevin Washington, who's been one of the vocal leaders, a liaison between the officers when they did their march. He was vocal speaking um, to the young men that day at the, you know, we saw video of them when he got up and talked. And he's also, it was reported that he was really vocal in the meetings with the administration, the athletic department. Like he's playing a huge role to speak to the young men and help help be their voice and help them put their thoughts together and manage their emotions. We're hearing a lot about Kevin Washington right now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Caden Stearns really has stepped up a lot. Yes. Um, I was impressed hearing him. Again, these stories that we're getting, these perspectives that we're getting, uh, I mean, they're heartfelt. We need to they're hear true. them. Yeah. We need to hear them. Well, then, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it's really neat to see how the players are really, like, taking responsibility in their role as role models. Right. How they represent right. the school, how they represent um, themselves to youth and how they're being like uh, proponents of change and how to do this right. They peacefully protested. They right. marched. Sure. There's power in those instead of rioting. You know, they're doing it the right way. And I'm just, I'm really proud. I'm excited about the direction. No, I think, trajectory I think it's great. Yeah. yeah. And I do think that Texas, again, kind of kind of char- led the charge mm-hmm. we started right. to see other players step up and at other schools and start to use their voices and speak out a little bit more but really in my opinion had they not had the weight that texas has behind them supporting them and you know like we've seen so much in the past even from the university of texas right where the players have been shut down no don't get on social no this hasn't been approved no only release these messages that right. we are tailoring for you i i think if if Texas had continued that party line, I don't know that we would see a lot of these players stepping up and, and saying these things. So I, I'm proud of that as as an alumni. I'm, I'm I'm proud to see that. That's so true. Within within hours of Tom Herman, you know, his national media interviews, encouraging the players to speak. We had Josh Thompson um, make a really really heartfelt video and post it on social media, saying that his parents were scared for his life. Like that's this is his reality, and that even though he's not a person that normally speaks out. He had to use this platform, uh, the resources they have to be heard. And this is something that I think um, they are really taking advantage of right now. They're taking advantage of right now is the opportunity to use their voice. They're educating themselves on the history of, you know, the people and things and the places around them. And they're speaking from a place of knowledge and experience. And it's important that we just listen. Right. We talked about that earlier that we just listen. And he um, he was saying that it was. 
they just really wanted to use his platform that he hadn't taken advantage of that yet. Sure. And now's the time. Yeah, and I think you're seeing players really step up. Of course, the, the news that shocked the world, right? Especially within the Texas hemisphere. But really, I think this affected the world is when the players released their letter with requests of things they wanted to see changed. And they really understood their power to say, we're still going to play for the University of Texas, but until we can address these issues, we're not going to attend donor-related events, which we all know yeah. that's the big draw, right? The, mm-hmm. the players and being recruiting there getting events. Them, and recruiting, recruiting events. events. This is massive. I, I, I think this is, that's really a key shift from what we've seen mm-hmm. prior. You know, even when students have stood up and said things before, they've never really exercised. I don't know that they've always fully um, realized their potential and the power that they have in the position that they're in. Yeah. Again, we could get into a bunch of the details. Even with all the encouragement, it was still a pretty bold move. Absolutely. I I, I mean, a very grown up and like a respectable move. And so just within the letter... Right. The, the letter that they rele- released, um, they acknowledge, you know, that what starts here changes the world mm-hmm. and that they're they're educated, they're empowered to use their voice. And they say in light of the recent events, we know, you know, the shocking death that we saw of Ahmaud Arbery, the, the, what we know now of Breonna Taylor's death, and then what we saw with our own eyes of George Floyd's death. This is just an ongoing... Um, system that they they see it. They have the systemic racism they address specifically. And as an athlete student body, we know at two o'clock on Friday, uh, June the twelfth, they released it from sports organizations all over the university, releasing the statement in units in unison. And it was pretty powerful um, that they want they were demanding for Texas to be more comfortable for and inclusive for Black students. Yeah, I, I'm, again, using their platform. Of course, the thing, uh, they had several requests out. Um, you know, they wanted the renaming of the buildings that have some names on them that could be problematic with figures in history. Um, wanted more diverse statues on campus dev- designed by artists and sculptors who are from people of color. Um also, they wanted modules for incoming freshmen discussing the history. I mean, I think that's something. Education. We all went to UT. I don't remember ever really being confronted I with some. I mean, I was aware of, of some classes of history. because Real I took. Field? No idea. I took. I took um, African American history, and I took um, sociology of sport, which was a taught by a black professor, and it dealt with black athletes. I took a lot of that because a lot of my studies. I took a lot of Latin American studies, and and so I'm fortunate that I can look back and say I sat in a with yeah. night but the, the, here's the thing in my American African American history class there were maybe I would say if I had to say there were 100 people two were not people of color right right yeah and so a lot of us are learning or even in my Mexican American studies class or whatever it was I, a lot of us were learning about our own history that we weren't taught or it's not enough diversity being taught. Like it should sure. be the entire student body having to learn or not having to learn, but needing to learn right. all of the history. Well, yeah. and that's some, you know, I've, I've always looked at UT. I've been around UT my whole life. It's not on the forefront, right? Mm-hmm. It, that, that history. Yes. We know there's a painful history, especially with football. I mean, UT took, Texas took a while they to integrate. Segregate. I'm sorry. Right? We're the last team to win one of the, the last national championship, right? With right. All white team. Right. With the right. segregated team. So in the 60s, you know, of course, these things are are prevalent. Um, you know, the players also out, asked for an outreach program for inner cities um, in Dallas, Houston, Austin, um, which I think is really important and insightful. Um, their communities, the communities they come from, right? They, they yeah. come from Dallas. They come from Houston. Right. They wanted to pour back into where right. yeah. Yes. Right. And, of course, they also wanted to see more diversity in the Hall of Fame, uh, including permanent black athletic uh, history exhibit. I, I think that's really important, too. They're right. also talking about hitting them in the wallet, right? We want some part of this massive machine that makes all this money that is UT Athletics, right. um, they are requesting that a 0.5% uh, of the annual earnings for athletics go to a black organization um, like BLM, like Black Lives Matter. Um, and then, of course, renaming a An part area. 
of the, the stadium. stadium. Right. After Whittier, which <laughs> how that hasn't happened right. at this point is kind of I crazy. mean, Iowa State has Jack Trice Stadium. And Although it was right? yeah, in but, the 20s. I mean, it was, yeah. it was like a century ago. At well, least. but they didn't name the stadium until 1997. Right. But, but they, they, honored a, they, but they honored a black ago. athlete. And he that is still the only mm-hmm, the college only stadium right. in the U.S. that is named after a black athlete, mm-hmm. which is pretty incredible still. if you think about it. Right. Right. You know, um, but I think the thing that really hit everybody and caught folks off guard and, of course, blew up Twitter, broke Twitter, right, um, was getting rid of the eyes of Texas, having a new song written for the student athletes to sing or to not require the students to sing the song. So I know everybody's Ooh. got a lot of feelings about this. I know when I saw that, I felt punched in the gut initially. What, what were y'all's reactions? You know, I- I, first of all, I love the eyes of Texas. It's very dear to me. I fully admit, though, that I have always viewed it through white privilege goggles. You know what I mean? So I, I had no idea. I, I, obviously, the tune I've been working on, rail, on the railroad, um, most people are aware of the, the slavery kind of history, the oppression behind that. But I had no idea about the lyrics. And I think the majority of people had no idea. And so it's like, well, I mean, but it's not about racism. It's about like, what are the words? And so like, everybody's been educated. Um, well, some people have <laughs> well, been educating themselves, you know, th- there's been enlightening. Going well, and, on. and I'll say, you know, when I, when I first heard that, I, I, it took me back. I, I you know, I was reading through these, this list and go, yeah, that makes sense. Record yeah, that makes scratch. sense. Er, that make, what? Exactly. I mean, yeah. I really had that record scratch moment that was like, wait, what? Um, and it was something I had to dive into again. You know, I'm, I'm a white girl. I'll I, be honest. My knee jerk reaction was, oh, heck no. Like, yeah. what? What? Like, I, I, would I think ha- it was just shock, and then it was like, no, you can't. Like, that was my ins- That was my first reaction. Mine, too. I, I, I agree with that. I, I feel connected to that song. I right. felt like, for me, viewing it through my lens, I felt like it was always a song that unified Longhorn Nation. Exactly. And I didn't even think to think of it from a different perspective, but really sitting down, man, there, there are some, some problematic pieces. There I, I think, you know, cause I, I was familiar with the history, not as detailed as we've been now educated on, but I was familiar with the history and that it did have, like they said, racial undertones. Mm-hmm. And I know we have to, like, I try to decide if something is racist or racial mm-hmm. and there's a big difference. And we are all racial in the way that we want to see color and we want to see the differences in people and the specialness of people without being racist right so um i i I completely understood when they said racial undertones I'm like yeah but we've made it our own was my initial thought like we've 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 now made it in my opinion at the the time my first thought was well we've made it right we've made it our own we've made it this unifying thing but is it unifying to us because we're not offended or hurt by it um that's the problem and that's the that's the thing that we need to listen right we need to listen and hear and understand try to understand and be empathetic that, okay, it doesn't offend me because, well, it does offend me. I am offended now that I think more deeply. I'm more, I'm offended now that I hear it and I know what it comes from. Can we find a way to change it, fix it, move it, get rid of it, not require it, whatever it's going to take so that every person on campus, whether or not you're wearing a jersey, but you part of this community of Longhorn Nation, like and everybody can feel included. And that's the thing now is whether or not it's been modified over the years or the meaning now may be to me, oh, I put my horns up and I tell my kids stand up and put her horns up. But if the person next to me is not feeling included, the players aren't and, feeling included. Right. And, and right. if the, the ones actually out on the field sacrificing their bodies for this game, that's, it's so much bigger than that game, right? And yeah. they're not feeling included. And if it's offensive, I see that. And I don't want to be a part of something that's hurting people. Yeah, and I I don't know that I'm 100% there yet. I, yeah. I definitely, of course, have the feeling, well, man, I, I do want this to be something that unifies everybody. Uh, again, I'll be honest, I, I have strong ties to that, and it makes yeah. me wonder, is there a happy medium? Is there is there a compromise that we can find? Is it something, you know, can it be, do we tweak a few words, and is that enough? It, right. it, do, we, do we not force the players to sing it? Is that enough? Does that defeat the purpose of, a, of us all singing the song? at the end if the players don't is it feel connected tainted because of that because it, like now it's just 
just kind of like we see it differently and we can't ever go back to seeing it the way we And we shouldn't. Do. We shouldn't and unsee right, it. We shouldn't. Right. Yeah. But, you know, this affects, of course, we have our opinions on it. We we feel strongly one way or the other. We're learning. We're growing. But, you know, we're, we're a small piece. There are right. tons. You've got There's donors and alumni and fans and... There are is reactions there, is there and opinions across the spectrum, all over the spectrum, you know, and it, we, even just the three of us land kind of in different places. Like I've, I honestly, I, I'm undecided. I, I see it both ways. Overall, like I would love to keep it because I, I, again, this is just my perspective, but if changing it is a good move for change and finding something new and something fresh, the University of Texas is going to be UT, and we're going to be awesome, and I'm still going to love it. Yeah. I mean, traditions. And, and two, I will, being able to see history be made. Right. That my children's 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 children will, you know, know and This was a sing. moment that we grew. And yes. Right. We evolved. Right. We, yeah. ta- we talked about this earlier. Like, the, to me, in my personal opinion, the silliest reason to ever keep something is because it's a tradition. Right. Okay, yeah. traditions have been ridiculous for hundreds and thousands of years. Wow. No, I'm saying just to keep something because it's tradition doesn't mean it can't evolve tradition. and it can't grow right. and it can't be, we can't, we have to be educated and then make educated decisions based off the things we learn. I, I think the important part of that is is change for a reason right change for change yeah or that, tradition for tradition i'm proud of tradition yes. right right i, I, no, oh, I, love, I love our tradition yeah i love but our because tra- we understand the meaning behind them there's something special to remember sure. but again i i think there there is a way to grow and evolve i like mm-hmm. that word that you said there is a way to evolve and make our traditions more inclusive mm-hmm. ultimately at the end of the day it's a song Right. It's a song. And traditions can always grow right. to, to unify and to be more inclusive. I agree yeah. with that. I, I do hope that there is a way to to open these conversations and say, hey, guys, let, let's talk. I want to hear what you have to say. I want to hear how you feel. I want to understand your perspective. Is there a way that we can meet in the middle? Is there a way that we can grow from this together? Right. right? Is it is it hard black and white one or the other? Yeah. Excuse well, the we pun, know but. there are there are people who have had that response, right? It's sure. the eyes of Texas or nothing, nothing. and right. I'm taking my ball and I'm leaving and I'm right. not buying tickets. And you Population. have you have the people who are acting out emotionally um and for whatever reason they believe that this is it, it, for whatever reason they they believe that this is r- ridiculous to even consider. But sure. why would anyone ever be offended? The, the argument this? is you're erasing history, right? You're right. you're getting rid of it. You're you're bending to the mob, and and I don't agree with that mentality. But I will pose this question: What if a donor, you know, somebody on the level of Red McCombs, comes in? Now he hasn't said anything about this. I'm not saying he has. I'm not putting right. words in the man's mouth. But if somebody on that level, a multi multi million dollar donor that has helped the university run, yeah. comes in and says, "I this is a line in the sand that I'm drawing," what does that mean for UT? Well, there's reports out of the Wednesday player meeting that Crystal. Conte had told them that retiring the eyes of Texas would be um, could cost donor contributions. Right. That was a report out of that meeting that it could um, that it that it could be hurtful to their economy. So how do you balance what's for sale? Right. Right. And, and that's tricky. And it's a callous thing, callous way to look at it. I, I don't mm-hmm. disagree with that. But ultimately, the University of Texas, especially, I mean, their football program pays for sports, pays for all sports mm-hmm. and puts money yes. back into the school. You know, I, it, I think at a certain point it does become kind of a chicken and the egg question. Yes. Right. Of course, we want to support and grow and and really be inclusive for all of our players who are the ones out there yes. that we're here to watch every Saturday and who are the ones wow. putting their bodies on the line. But. And money does still have to come in for those things to happen and for right. scholarships well, to be there. And one of their one of their points was that they asked for was that a percentage of the donor contributions or the, the income of the program or athletics or whatever be put back into um, community. Black community, yeah. yes. So the movement. Right. Well, there has to be money to do that. So right. it's it's a very tricky, very 
Yeah, I'll say I don't Ooh. envy CDC's job right now. Or, or interim. <laughs> well, the poor interim hey, president. Jumping into it. Jay, Jay Hartzell, interim president for like a day and a right. half. And it blows up. Well, and, and, yeah. and, and let me say this. this. This, you know. The presidential changes at weird times. Sometimes. Well, we'd be foolish to think that this is something that happened in a day. We'd be foolish right. to think that this is something that hasn't been a discussion for weeks and weeks and weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, talking within a few folks inside of athletics. This letter that the that the players penned is something that they've been talking about literally for weeks inside, yeah. inside you know, behind closed doors. So athletics has been aware of this. They, they know what's coming. going on. And something that I found kind of surprising, again, through my lens, and I, I realize how much of a closed world this was, but um, in talking with former players, the Eyes of Texas has been a sticking point for a long time. This mm-hmm. isn't a new issue. Right. We're just hearing about it now. And it's really being brought to light because, again, the university has kind of pivoted and really encouraged their players to speak out and use their platform. Um, I was really surprised to find that there are players that have had issues with the song that didn't want to sing it. Um, You know, the player I was talking to said as far back as, you know, early 90s, late 80s, that it was something that was coming up. I'm sure it goes back farther than that. These are just the conversations I've had. But, you know, it's it's something that's been deep-seated in athletics for a long time and is long overdue for the discussion. Um, Of course, change is painful, but I'm encouraged that we are having these discussions now. That athletics is open and listening to the the players. Um, And also in really vocal support, you talk about the alumni or former players. They, um, the athlete alumni put out a joint statement on Tuesday um, a few days ago. They flooded social media with the... I, too, in Texas, yeah. Yeah, we are... Hashtag we are one, also. It was the UT alumni are in absolute opposition to racism in any form and engaged in meaning... And are engaged in meaningful collaboration to enact change. We're united in support of our current student athletes. Hashtag we are one. So they are they are right there with them. And at the time, they didn't have a lot of them. Social media is, you know, the last 10 or so years, it's really been a bigger and bigger platform. But a lot of the students didn't have that voice. Or if they did have a little Instagram or a little MySpace, they were not allowed to use it for social activism. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, and something that's interesting, too. So, yes, the the four. Former players and alumni have come out in support of the students, of course, and of the current players. But I found it interesting. Um, I think even the former athletes that might be a little more seasoned uh, in donor relations and interactions Mm -hmm. have come out and said, maybe not openly, but it has been said, you know, the eyes isn't going anywhere. This is a massive sticking point. So I wonder in that sense, when we're looking at these, these lists of asks that the players put out, I interpreted the eyes as a negotiation tool. I did too. Right. Is, is it something, is it a hard line in the sand? I can't speak for the players. I don't know. Are but some of them hard lines? I felt... Are yeah, others not? Right. Like, I felt in reading this and going through these actions that they were providing that they'd like to see, again, you know, people are calling them demands. They're not demands. Nowhere no, in this letter does it say demand. They say official request. It's request. Right. Request. So to me, this is a great negotiating. Nobody comes right. out of the gate demanding everything. It's a give and take, right? Right. You put some items on a list that you'd be okay giving up as long as you could use it as a tool to make sure that you got your really important line items, right? So maybe that's what the Eyes of Texas is and this huge reaction from the fans and alumni. Maybe it's a huge overreaction, and and as and we'll see that play out as we as will. the discussions Time will continue. Tell for sure, right? I think the most important thing is that because they are brave enough to and and organized and unified enough to present these um, this this position and this detailed letter, um, their the requests. I think that took it takes a lot of thought and organization to have those. You know, the research yeah. to know. You know, they talk about the hog statue and the Littlefield Fountain and and. They, we, 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 know we did our own little research on who these people were because we see these names on campus, but really, who were they? Think, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Some of these people, like, why are you being celebrated wow. on our oh. campus? Oh, I had no idea. And I've But the good thing is they have the conversation, right? If, if anything, right away, we're having serious, uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. And, and who's having uncomfortable conversations? Yeah. I mean, gotta, <laughs> gotta love Manny Acho coming out with the uncomfortable conversations with a black man. I think they've been really helpful and eye-opening for me, certainly. Um, one thing I do want to point out, and and this isn't exclusive to Texas by any means, um, I think one of the things that 
that this particular time in history is really showing in our fan bases, be it Texas or be it A&M or be it OU, uh, really anywhere around the country, we're starting to see some pretty ugly underbelly exposed, yes, true. right? We're, we're, we're learning who we are, uh, not only as a team, not only as our administrators mm-hmm. and coaches. I mean, we're starting to see some stuff come out from the fans, too. What do y'all think about that? There's been some ugly backlash um, on social media that I've seen attacking the players, some mm-hmm. hateful stuff that I don't even want to repeat, some of the stuff that they've been said. But we know, like, um, Jordan Whittington said, I'm a football player for a couple of years, but I'm black forever. Right. And mm-hmm. so people need to realize that they think they can just, like we talked about Herman, they can cheer yeah. for them a few days and then write the most disgusting things to them on social media, shut, pretty much shut up and play ball. Mm-hmm. And as if as if living in black skin is not different than someone who has who lives in white skin like they just are denying them or just flat out telling them some of them flat out told them there's no racism on campus right oh my goodness well how do you gotta listen 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 to their experience don't deny that this is their experience yeah jumping on um on uh carrington for well you need to just stick to recruiting like when he starts talking about like Black Lives Matter issues and like his own personal story, like we mentioned earlier, uh, you know, hey, that's all fine, but just do your job. Your job is to to recruit for the football program. Just stick to that. Why don't we tell that person who's typing that? Why don't you go stick to accounting, Bob, right. and get yeah, off? Sure. I don't need your don't opinion about the quarterback this weekend because you're an accountant, Bob. Why don't you stick to accounting? Well, well and tell <laughs> you all about the quarterback. That's how silly it is to tell someone to stick to something. What he can stick to is being a black man and living right. a black experience and fearing for his life when he is pulled over by office police officers. It's well, than that's his, his experience. Exactly. Something, something too. I appreciate even the ugly. We've got passionate fans. Mm-hmm. We've got a huge fan base and passionate fans. Um, I think this is really going to tell us who we are in the long run. I think we're going to shed some people that maybe we didn't necessarily need under the umbrella, right? right. I, <laughs> and who am I to judge one way or the other? I don't want to sit here and get in the same role of the people that were saying, oh, you shouldn't do this. Everybody's going to have feelings. Right. Everybody's going to have emotions. I, I do think it's really telling um how people react. You know, can we compare Texas reaction to the same way that, let's use A&M as an example, Texas A&M. They've got some pretty big stuff going on with uh, the Sully statue. Um, Sullivan Ross, who apparently has some pretty ugly background. He was known as the gallant Texas Negro killer. Right. Yeah. And wow. and I think watching Kellen Mond really start to step up and use his oh, voice. I'm so yeah. proud of Kellen Mond. Well, and we saw we saw uh, in the past couple of days Tannehill stepping up and backing the, Mond. Yes. Manziel retweeting so things. So their own like former players. Are yeah, we're, back we're in, starting yeah. to see. I mean, this culture of players sticking together and, and really listening. I mean, mm-hmm. they're in the locker rooms together. They understand better than a lot of the fans right. some of the struggles they go through. I think it's been really interesting to see the different reactions between, not that there aren't connections, right, mm-hmm. with how we react, but there's been a lot of backlash at A&M over the, the statue. Right. Texas, been backlash over the, the eyes oh, of Texas. Absolutely. Are these opening up conversations that are valuable? Are I mean, I think they are. Hashtag racism at Tamu feels like. Right. Right, was trending nationally. It was number 11 nationally, not just in Texas. I mean, that like was nationally. That's a huge huge thing racism at tamu and and the stories um that you that they wrote you know students their experiences and the way they felt discriminated or you know outright judged for the color of their skin um around campus it was it's it happens at every campus right this isn't just a right texas but or a they texas were A&M sharing thing. their stories this happens at every campus um this the stories they were telling it, it's it's sad enough to hear someone tell their story but then when you see responses from people saying that didn't happen to you or no it didn't or shut up or you should be grateful to go to school the stuff just that people respond else. to them yeah. it's it's shocking like yeah. listen to listen to what they're telling you this really wait why would somebody make this up this really i mean i've had my own experience with racist aggies i have a 
documented on Twitter <laughs> this way they've treated me. Sure. Um, so <clears> that's... <throat> well, again, I want to be careful not no, to say I'm just saying, just that's what I'm saying. No, it happens just... at every school. Yeah. So I, I almost wrote hashtag racism at Tamu feels like and post the stuff they did to me. Sure. But that's not my problem because we have our own racist problems at Texas. <laughs> we're, we're dealing with it. But it's bringing up these conversations. These, these uncomfortable conversations, right? Throughout the country. It's been a domino effect, you know, at, at Florida. Um, the gator bait. Gator bait. And I don't, please share what you shared with us earlier. Yeah, about well, we found out they, so they, um, and the reason I found this is because Joseph Osai retweeted that Florida was removing their gator bait chant. And it was, um, Osai said, so you're telling me you discontinued a cultural part of the program that quick. We love to see it. So that was a great it statement. Like is. it can be right. done. Little it jab, can be done. Right? Um, gator bait, there are stories of people feeding black babies or using black babies to attract gators and it's horrid it's horrid and it's disgusting and when you find that out you shouldn't want to be any part of that but I had no idea that that was part of the chant some people probably have known just like some people probably have known about the eyes of Texas or some people probably knew who old Sully Ross was or whatever (laughs) it is I don't know Um, and so it just it takes someone being brave enough to take a stand and say we have to stop this yeah we're definitely seeing that pivot Um, you know looking at other schools man did old Mike Gundy step in it? <laughs> you know, wow. um, we we saw the reaction uh, with Chuba Hubbard coming out, right? Uh, with Gundy wearing a shirt. Now, uh, look, I have different opinions on this. The man is has his right to wear whatever the heck he wants. I think the thing that was really interesting is watching how it was handled and how it played out. Um, I think we ended up with a lot of disingenuous, at the very least, comments awkward. from from Just Gundy. Awkward. And, yes. um, you know, again, I think Hubbard might have been empowered to speak out on a social platform. Um, you know, there's a lot of comments, well, I should have gone to the coach first. What do you guys think about that? Do you think, I go think, to the coach, so do you think, the, put it out? The, con- I mean, the controversy was he um, was, a few weeks back, he was raving about this, his favorite new news network, One America News or One America Network, whatever oh, it is. Yeah, ultra right, ultra conservative, very, um, they've been insulting, yeah, um, you know, they've, they've made comments that would insult black community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when his own players see that, they know what they're educated. They know what that means when he wears a shirt that supports that or represents that or markets that. Yeah. Do you um, think Do you think Gundy was aware? Yes, because he bragged about it, loving that network, his mm-hmm. favorite new network, he said. Talking about how he watches it a lot. And sure. how do you get yeah. a shirt from it? Like, I don't have a fourteen ninety nine. and you buy it. I know, but it's like you have to <laughs> go out of your way them. to either have... Yeah. Somebody knows you love that network, so they gave you the shirt, or you you know what it Purchase is when you it. put it sure. on, and that's fine. It's his freedom of speech to wear that shirt, tattoo it on his forehead, but he's not free the from consequences. the consequences sure. of yeah. of it pushing away, insulting, hurting, whatever language you want to use of of causing damage between the the young men he's supposed to be building. Well, and again, let's take a callous view on it. You know, we talked about recruiting with Texas and how Herman's comments, you know, could help, excuse me, could help potentially. Did that hurt Mike Gundy in recruiting? I think yes. Um, You know, looking at that and seeing, are his black players going to be able to rally behind him at this point? Was his apology or his... I think his very stiff conversation (laughs) of, I did not know. Does that ring true? I think that there was some truth there. I don't know that he specifically, like, wore that shirt. Like, I, I think he was just unaware that this is how it could be perceived. Like he, do you know? No, I, 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 don't, I, I think he's smarter than that. I don't, I don't think, or he was just I don't, maybe blind to it or just assumed that it wouldn't blow up. And it did. I, that was the first wrong. So that came back and hit him in the face. But then the way they that, handled it. Uh, well, I, I think Chuba had every right to do what he did. Yes. Texas players. Sure. 
fly off the handle. Uh, they, they make their opinion. I'm just yeah, saying. He yeah, had every there, right to say, I'm unhurt by this. I think he had the right to say it. My question is, let's, let's switch that a little bit. There is a locker room culture, right? That you keep things within the family first. Right. And then if it gets so egregious, okay, you take the step. Did Chuba Hubbard skip that step? We don't know. Did don't he? Know. We, don't we don't know, know. if he did. Well, but also, would anything have ever gotten done if the number one running back in the nation who they, be, you know, I would say they probably begged him to come back. Well, he was proud to come back. He's back. When he, when he could have declared to the NFL, top running back in the nation. Yeah. Um, huge Heisman potential. I mean, he's if, if he didn't, know what I'm saying. If he didn't have this powerful position on this team and then go to social media with his huge I, network, I that. Would, I that, that. Would, would he ever have gotten anything? But I think it, I think it is pretty clear with the, the response that they released. He didn't approach Mike Gundy. He released this tweet quoting Gundy in mm-hmm. the shirt saying, no, this isn't going to fly, coach. Yeah. yeah. Right. To me, that might be skipping a step. Right. That might be it. Does that violate the sanctity and does that violate the relationship that should exist between a coach and like, his players? Worth it? Yes. Like, Do, does that violate that that relationship? I, I could I see agree. It. Yes, I, I could, agree. He should I have could, come out. I, I could see that maybe. Well, he even said in, in his apology, which I don't think he needed to apologize right. for. Right. But in, in my opinion, I, he did say in his apology, I should have gone to him like a man first. And I appreciate that. I, I can see why he would say that I don't think he needed to apologize to us because I believe that he wouldn't have gotten a reaction and a response and national media attention if he didn't come out and say this hurt me and, and I think yeah. you're right but my, my thing question, might never have been done my question is not necessarily should he have brought it to the world had it not been addressed prior I agree with that my question is did he skip a step because to me if we're beefing mm-hmm. I want you to come to me first. Right. I, oh, I was going to blast you on social media. Right? That's, <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. I, I'd much rather you we don't come know. to me. We don't know, right? We don't know if they've had... We don't know. Because right away, other didn't. players... Yeah. Uh, right away, other former Oklahoma State players were like, I know. I understand. We know this story. Right. So, I have not but has seen... anybody so I have not buddy? seen one person come out and one former black player yet. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Come out and say, this is ridiculous. Gundy would never make a no, racist no, no. comment. And, and I'm not arguing. So, we don't know if they... I'm not been happening behind scenes. And I agree. We don't know 100%. But my perception is none of them have either come out and said, you know, I tried to talk to Gundy about this before. Mm -hmm. It's been brought to his attention before by the players. Nobody came out and said that. Yeah. I think think in that light, you're right. We don't know. Right. We don't know what their culture is. My my perception, my perception is people are aware of how Gundy feels, right? What yeah. he watches, whatever, fine. My perception is the players didn't, former or current, didn't take it to him. And for whatever reason. While I agree with everything that Hubbard brought out and everything that he said and exactly what he was standing for, and I agree, it needed, if it was not addressed prior and wasn't getting addressed by Gundy, then it needed to be public. It right. needed, but did, did that happen? Did he have a right to say what he said? Absolutely. Did he go about it the wrong way? Probably. Maybe. And, and that's, yeah. did he, again. But that also This could be, very well could have been a step that came after. That's my question. We also, we could tell from how uncomfortable that dual, that dual Ugh, handshake video was. Maybe, maybe, and this is just when I saw that video, it looked so uncomfortable. Oh, so oh forced, I mean, it's one that but makes maybe you want to slouch into the couch. Yeah. When like, you see that, that tells me there isn't an environment where I can come and trust you right. with this difficult conversation. And I trust that you're going to listen and empower me to empower you. And I and, and that's I, what it felt like watching that sure, video. Sure, no, and I agree. I it, that was yeah. the most awkward video ever. You know, the wall is lava. Somebody we, said that that right. I died. <laughs> I, that whole video, just everything about it was oh. cringeworthy. I, I'm I'm not arguing that at all. Yeah. And I agree. It feels again, we're not there. It feels like there isn't necessarily the culture of being able to go to your coach and get results and to be heard. And I think that's something that these kind of incidences may be opening some coaches' eyes to, right? We need to start looking at this. Is this something that, wait a minute. Well, then, then Gundy went on the wheel of 
clean up, right? right. He, he released a video. He, PR went on, he went on, yeah, yeah, some PR cleanup. He went on some <laughs> national media and trying to say, I had no idea that that shirt was right. about. When Did he, anybody buy when that? When he bragged about he it being it. his favorite right. network, you just say, I knew, but now I have a clear understanding about why that, that might, why that might have been people. Yes. I, I, I didn't consider it from another point of view. That was my issue. I am open to that yes. now. Right. I feel, I feel that offended. Felt exactly. I feel offended when someone tells me, oh, I've been bragging and wearing and supporting this, but oh, I didn't know it offended you or I didn't know what that was about. Why don't you just say, I hadn't stopped and thought about it right. or I didn't apply your perspective sure. and how, how it might have hurt you. It's it's okay to say, I didn't know, but I've educated myself yeah. since then yeah. and I have a new viewpoint. And, yeah, and, and I think he probably didn't. He wasn't aware but whose fault is that? I, know, I believe he's absolutely fault. aware yeah. the whole time. I, I am too. And and I'm wondering, you know, I think for a long time there's been a structure, right? The coach does no wrong. He can leave whenever he wants to make more money, but the players there's are no stuck. There's no reverse accountability. Yeah. yeah. And, and now I think maybe we're starting to see some of that. Well, coach, you can keep doing these things. You can keep ruling with the iron fist and your way or the highway. And, and that works for a lot of people. But I think we're starting to see a shift with players who are going, wait a minute. Yeah, That's interesting. And I've got some power here. Dana Holgerson just said that. He's at... Houston, Houston now, right? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. he said when he was at West Virginia, he had heavy hand, running the ship, being the boss, telling everybody what to do. But he said it has shifted so much, and he even called it. I want to say he said, I want to say the words player led, but that might not be the right term. But he used something about like it's the players driving the force now, and sure. you have to listen. You have to stop and listen to the players because they have a lot to contribute and they have a lot to say, and you have to be empathetic. And it was shocking to hear Holderson, Holderson say, say that. that. Yeah. But right. it, it, there is a tide turning right now. That's Within each individual program, and everyone's different. Obviously, the culture at Oklahoma State is not exactly what it is at UT. But, and it's not just happening at Oklahoma State. There's probably all of these conversations around the country with programs we just don't know about. Like, but everybody is having Iowa. to be introspective. Yes, you know, you know, and it's it's just really Utah. Re- mm-hmm. <laughs> pulling up old stuff. Yeah, but like all of these programs are having to like really kind of withdraw and take a look in the mirror. I think it's even see, on a coaching level too. Yes. I oh, mean, no, that's why I'm saying program like top bottom, like, I okay, think we're seeing like family a, a shift in coaching, coaching I have, culture. I have a question for you. Yeah. So this, these two thoughts just reminded me. So we talked just a second ago about it's okay to have educated yourself on a matter and have a new opinion on something. But also we see that some coaches, they're digging up old yeah. stuff that they did and canceling these people from stuff they did almost, you know, a decade ago right. or something. At what point um, do we... We encourage growth. Right. But, at what point yeah, do we encourage? Point? We don't want to cancel everybody who's still trying to grow and learn and willing to yeah. accept because change. How do you feel about how far do you go back and say, no, that's what you are? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's great. I, to me, I think it's a case by case basis, and you look at a pattern, right? Right. right. If I did something, if I said something 20 years ago when I was young and dumb. Right. Okay. And, and, yeah. but as, as I progress, those sorts of things don't happen repeatedly and you're not yeah. seeing it more. Okay. I, you know, I'm willing to forgive and forget and appreciate that you are learning to grow and, and, and opening up. Versus something. If you're seeing a pattern. Service, yeah. I mean. Going back and repeating the same things over and over and over. Well. It, it not even just repeating, but the same time. If your of pattern of behavior yes. is different than what you're saying when you get called out, mm-hmm. that to me right. is really important to key in on it. Yeah, you know something that I said: athletes need to pay attention to what their coaches are doing when they're not in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. That to me is the telling part. Yes, we all have an opportunity to grow. Can Mike Gundy make a 180 and be completely open? Yeah, I think it's possible. I think his past behavior probably indicates that's not necessarily going to be a thing. it would at least take a long time. It would be a very slow process. But, I mean, call it what you will. I say I think it's unlikely to happen. But... Point is, <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be nice. Yeah, well, it will. Maybe, maybe. maybe. Nice the haircut says it all. Right. <laughs> but again, I, I mean, this is the Mike Gundy shtick. Eight years ago, it was somewhat amusing. Right. It's wearing thin no, to me at this, this is, point. Yeah, it's it's and it's apparently it's wearing thin on his athletic director, right? Well, director and players, it right. seems. Players. You know, star players. So I, I think that's some to look at. You know, Dabo Sweeney. My goodness, <laughs> <Did> he <laughs> cringeworthy again. 
Uh, but I love the meme on on Twitter that you know it, it showed him like like laying on the couch just eating popcorn, watching like all of the riots and stuff happening, and, <laughs> like just like like not speaking. Yeah. Just, well, and prior to that, he released a pretty, <laughs> pretty ridiculous, you know, pretty crazy appropriating uh, little video. Right. I mean, uh, he was he was uh, certainly comfortable using the culture, and then was silent when it really came to it. Now, he did release some statements after that. Dabo Sweeney, I don't know. I'm kind of jury's out for me I don't him. know him and I, I, find and I don't him follow him yeah I find I him genuine to a point but yeah I, you know there's some history there that you wonder is this is, it makes you think or you know look more into it like I do on one hand I do see how he has a good relationship with his players I've seen that he has a fascinating story he does yeah, yeah. and I think he's a nice person I, yeah, I really but, do. I think he's a great guy. Yeah, my, are we going to fall opinion. back on that all the time? No. no. You know, like, I, oh, remember, that's, nice how, that's how we're saying now. Like, it's not enough to be no, not racist. But you need to be anti-racist. <laughs> do I see? Is he anti-racist? Do I see this I don't as know. him being, like, is this, is this the best look for him? Well, no. And, and yeah, I do think there's a point where we're... It is worth, you know, we sit here and say, oh, speak out. Be anti-racist. Right. There is a point that... Maybe if you're in the process of learning, just shut up for a minute. Yeah, and I, I do right. think we need to look Ma- at that, right? Don't jump to conclusions. Don't read too much into it. Right. But He could be having people, right now uncomfortable yes, conversations yes, right. with people behind Within the scenes. Sure. All of these coaches or, mm-hmm. or people that aren't speaking out vocally to us and, and satisfying our need for media, <laughs> they could be right now having very difficult conversations with people one-on-one, listening and learning right. before they come and make some statement that's going to be shredded apart. I think Lincoln right. Riley took a, a little bit more time yeah, to come out I, of the statement. I, I and think, it was generally well received. Yeah, Lincoln Riley I took so. I was I was watching them closely actually because I was right, interested yeah. watching Texas be on the forefront and and put these statements out, very strong, positive statements for yeah. their players. I was curious when Lincoln Riley, because let's be honest, I mean, he's been a hell of a recruiter. He's yes. been a great coach. I mean, he's, there have been some games I'd love to forget that he coached, you know? Yeah. So I thought it was interesting to watch how he responded, how Saban responded. And I thought Lincoln Riley came out in a reasonable amount of time. He if did. I recall correctly, it was two or three days. I mean, he was pretty, pretty quick on it. And had a pretty positive message behind that, too. So, I, you know, again, I think kids are a lot smarter than they used to be. Mm -hmm. And and they're a lot more educated than they used to be. They have access to all the information. Yeah, they're a lot more bold. For a good reason. Like, more, you know, willing to. Empowered. 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 Thank you for that good word. Yeah. So, you know, on that note, we saw uh, with COVID. I mean, COVID-19 is still... Raging, we're raging in Austin. Yeah, we're seeing Texas in Texas. Yeah, we're seeing in hospitalizations US. increase. We're seeing positive rates increase. Um, we recently saw players come out at UCLA and say we aren't confident that our health is being truly not, accounted for yeah. by Chip so, Kelly. Mm-hmm. Chip Kelly is head coach, right? Yes, right. And so they came out publicly and made a statement. And again, we hear that we hear that Using statement. I sh- I should have gone to you first, Coach. I'm sorry, <laughs> shouldn't have brought it out first. Yeah, you and two but UCLA might not have gotten done though. Maybe not, but we can't. We, don't, we I don't can't know. say that. And I do think that UCLA responded very quickly right, with with with. They were reasonable requests from the players, and I thought there was a fast response. So you know, in that case. Do I think Hubbard would have ultimately come out and brought things public? Yeah, I do, because I don't, I, I'm not confident that even if he had gone to Gundy, that anything would have changed. So at some point, you make it public. UCLA, I think that's a great example. Maybe something like that. Well, it's kind of like how Emmanuel Acho, we were talking just briefly earlier about his difficult conversations. One of the examples he gave were people that are so frustrated and so upset and even angry and mad because of the buildup of this, the discrimination and, and the injustices that are happening. He said, like, people feel like, well, you haven't been talking about it. He's like, when he's riding his bike and he's coming up on a woman, I'm on your left, I'm on your left. And by the I'm time he's left. about to, I'm on your left. By yeah. the time he's up there, yeah. I feel like these situations Maybe maybe it could apply to the Hubbard situation. Maybe it could apply to the UCLA situation. I feel like sometimes people say, um, well, why didn't you come to me? Why didn't you speak? Why, what's going on? I've been trying. Why are I've you, been try- I, you I've been, been trying. Yeah. So yeah. I had to go to social media. Sure. I had to blast you on the news. I had to do something to you shake you. You had your you. headphones on and you haven't been listening. Yes, you right. weren't listening. So, yeah, so that's yeah. why I wonder, like, it, 
maybe some of them did go to the media too soon and could have manned up or gone to the protocols or whatever. Or maybe they tried and they're being not heard. Yeah, but I I do think it's something, again, we go case by case. Mm -hmm. I still think it's it's important as these kids are learning how to be leaders and they're growing into those roles. I think that's an important thing. I, I think confronting or talking, confronting might be a little strong, but talking to the person or group that you have an issue with first before blasting them. Yeah. I think that is an important lesson to learn in this process of right. going yeah. into leaders. Right. Um, those conversations. Yeah, so again with COVID, so UCLA stepped up. We saw Texas. We've now got 13 players that have tested positive, positive. and 23 in quarantine from potential exposure. We don't have a lot of students on campus right now. And, and we this have thing has grown access from- to medical testing right, and, right. and all of these like daily that, that, that other schools many other schools don't have and many of our facilities are shut down right now yes football is supposed to only be using the bubble um they have like an open door outdoor gym under tents or right. something and they can only go in groups right and we're still seeing you know there's close contact there's yeah. cases are rising we started with two positives and now we're up to 13 what is it a week well, later because they brought new players in and tested the new group too i think they were at six and and then they had now they're at thirteen Two to something six like to, that. Yeah, right. So we're hearing we're hearing all of these 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 rates the rising. You know, all these positive tests, and then UCLA in their statement and all that. And then the NCAA this week comes out and says, "Oh, we're approving the six week plan to start on time." Sure. Like, is that is, is that responsible? This, this no, yeah, exactly and. Is this too soon? Did they jump the gun? I think they did. I think it was way too soon. I agree. It's way too soon to make the statement. But people do. I think it's too soon to know (sighs) what the virus is going to do. But you need time for the millions of people and thousands (laughs) of players that need to train and and plan travel and prepare stadiums and hire stadium staff every season and sell tickets. Like there's things that happen months in advance. It's a well-oiled machine, right? You're right. Even even though the same thing's pretty much happen year after year they still have to start months in advance right, right. so yeah. you can't and especially with such a physical sport that involves so much travel across the nation they need to give them go as of now go for it things yeah. can change in a month they can all yeah they can amend the changes as they go i, I mean the, the unfortunate thing though because of this schools need football yeah, College, the universities all across America that need football. It is football is a money maker. It, right. it takes care of other sports. It keeps a lot of people employed. That, yeah. that's there's no question there. I now on the NCAA thing. Yeah, I agree. At some point, they have to come out and say, "Hey guys, you can come out and practice." I think what I appreciate about what they did is they said, "Yeah, cool. Yeah, we're going to allow this again." But we're going to leave it up to the schools to make the decision. I think OU is waiting till July, uh, July 15th. Yeah. I mean, they're pushing back pretty yeah. far. It'll be interesting to see, is there going to be a difference? Are they still going to get players that come in that test positive and we, they see are a they rise? Gonna, like, are they going to start their process in late July? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Right. Is, is, you know, our players that came back earlier in schools, programs that brought their mm-hmm. kids back earlier, are they going to be ahead of the curve? Yeah. Because they've already quarantined. They've already kept their players away from other players. Or or is or is it even possible to truly quarantine? Is it truly possible once sports gets going again to really keep players and kids safe and, and separated? You know, there's there's so many things that, that we have, you know, nobody really knows about. I saw something interesting this morning uh, on Twitter. There is now a COVID-19 series football helmet um, that's what? been released. It's a really... This thing looks crazy. It's it looks like a fighter pilot wow. helmet that is designed um, again oh, to te- check symptoms early, right? Well, is that what it it, is? and to help protect them. It's essentially it's like a, a mask. breathing mask, like a little oh, face mask filtration system yeah. built into a football helmet. That's amazing. Yeah, which again you're seeing uh, again this thing looks like a fighter pilot or, or like a motorcycle yeah, helmet motorcycle. where there's a, a face shield That's on there, amazing. Um, and then there's also a filtered piece over the mouth and nose area. Who's that player that doesn't approve any face mask? What's <laughs> Well, you know, so if we see something like this, does the technology come out fast enough that does this make well, a significant difference? Well, you saw, did you see the NBA yeah. rings, the rings they wear because they're at the World of Sports and Disney and the, all the, the, the NBA teams that are there. They're wearing these special silver-looking wedding ring things and they test 
they check if you have are about to get symptoms of COVID. That's or interesting. Yeah, I'm, the does technology, technology advance fast enough? Like, but can we get this for doctors and teachers or right. just the NBA? <laughs> right. Oh, I know. Right. Sorry. Well, and how accurate are they too? Right. right. So, but you know, I thought something interesting about this helmet. Does That's this, really neat. Does this get rid of the face mask penalty if we're playing under right. under stuff uh, can like you, this? Can you actually? You can't really anything. get your hand in you there. Can't, right? Well, you it's can't see anything salt. either. <laughs> right. So, like everybody's gonna be running in circles. <laughs> well, look. That's not, I ride motorcycles. I'm I'm familiar. It does. There is limited view, but yeah. I I would argue. I mean, I would like, rather yeah, that, that's a big tube. Yeah, big too. I like, would. How does it? Like your perception. That's pretty like neat. Do you, yeah. Do you see holes opening up on the side of the line? Are there like Ray-Bans? Okay, like since, since we're talking about helmets, right. like, since we're talking about helmets, I have a question for you. Black jerseys. Yeah. Black black <laughs> gear for Texas. I know we talk, oh, well, it's tradition, and I've always been hardcore. See, and we go back we to that tradition yes, thing. That's exactly. a hill I'll die and, on. And this you is know? the one where I would say just because it's tradition doesn't mean that's the answer. See, and, and so we have traditional white and orange and we don't mess with that and CDC has said we don't mess with that but in this special case like Tennessee they're going to do a special black jersey they're going to wear them for a game they're going to donate but money Tennessee's to black Tennessee's done that before yes, Tennessee's done but, Texas has not yeah. become close Yes, Other but they're doing it now like for Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Right. And so, so should Texas do something like that? It, okay. Let me preface this by saying I am a never alternates gal. Right. I, I put this out on Twitter. I I forever have said we don't need the gimmicks. Agree. Of, Agree. of alternate uniforms. Agree. We don't need it. I understand players like it. We're not organized. Right. All right. right. We, or my, the, to me, the purpose of a uniform thing. is to identify the team. If I can walk into a bar and, and see Bingo. people. People yep. on a on a TV, two teams playing on a TV. If I can't identify who those teams are right away. within five seconds, yes. your uniform isn't doing its job. Yes. In my opinion, right? I agree. And I I will die on that hill all day long. Now, that being said. I am not a fan of change for the sake of change, right? And and I feel like that's what a lot of these alternate uniforms do. Oh, it's just to be different. Oh, it's to give a new new look. But there's no real reason behind it. It's a fad. So so that being said. At this moment, at this point in time in history, with Texas being on the forefront of change and support for their student athletes, man, I'm all for it. Uh, Let's do it. Let's make it serve a purpose. Let's have it be a movement. Let's have it be part of change. Have it mean something. Have it mean something. I don't want to see this, you know, year after year. I don't want to see alternates every week. I don't. No, I'm not about that. We are burn orange, right? But to show support for our student athletes and to show that we truly are behind them. Yeah. Hell yeah. Let, I, I would love to see it. Be at the black jerseys with the white pants or all black with a black helmet. Stadium black shirt. blackout. Yeah, yeah. and it's state. How incredible would that be for us to see a stadium blackout with the team coming out in all black uniforms, honoring those players, you know, the black yeah. players that were so important to Texas history that we haven't even acknowledged at this point. I, I find it embarrassing that, that we don't have yeah. monuments up, that nothing in our stadium shows shows these men that paved the way. Yeah. Ricky Williams statue. statue. Well, hey, but he was <laughs> the first. You know? Oh, I know. Like, but I'm saying just a statue for the Heisman. But. Yeah. So, okay. Here's a question that I kind of want to pose Girl to Campbell you guys. Statue. Could alternate uniforms be a point of compromise like, say, the alumni and the admin posing it to the players for something like the Eyes of Texas. Is is that something where they could find compromise, find some middle ground? Because that would be a big movement. That would be the university yeah. publicly coming out very strongly yeah, and, and supporting the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah, and I, to me, yes. I, I think that's something, you know, Rocky, you had kind of brought up that you didn't think maybe you know in the, the the grand scheme of things what's one moment versus a whole song is that a point of compromise I think um, so we have the, a moment and a movement right and I think like you said it's a movement right now and if we can show the young black athletes that we appreciate them and celebrate them and respect them and this is uh, a way of uniting this stadium mm-hmm. uniting the fan base and everyone feeling included right. and celebrated I think a, a blackout with black jerseys yeah, and, cool. and like we talked about maybe celebrating or honoring some of the yeah Roosevelt leads yeah, the, let's yeah. get the, Julius Whittier in there let, you know yes, let's talk about Donna Little like do it like a, that would be a great night to yes. naming thing right. to dedicate you know. something 
thing yes. to uh, the black history of Texas football. Kind of fulfill some of those I other think that points. would be a really powerful moving, and it would be a turning of the tide, hopefully, for the few scraggling, hanging on, angry people <laughs> that think they're being excluded just because it's not their turn to be celebrated yeah, again. Sure. So I think it would be a great movement to show those of us who do support and do cheer. Yeah, there, I, I, that we do support it, and we are. Um, I think it'd be powerful. Would have, yes, yeah, it'd be powerful. It would mean something. So let me ask this: Do you think that's enough for of a negotiating thing? Again, I feel like that's a little callous to say negotiating chip when we when I do really feel like Texas is supportive of the players. Yes. I, I think this is something that the administration should offer no matter what. I, I don't necessarily I think I it agree. should be used as a bargaining chip. I think it's something that would be really powerful to say, hey, no matter what, we stand behind you. But but let's pose this question. Is a single game, a single moment, is that yeah. enough of a bargaining tool, to use that term? Like a better term. To, to, bring, to replace the eyes of Texas or, or meet player requests for eyes of texas are yeah. those are those I think equal they're two, i think they're two different topics we have the addressing a racial undertone or racist history um and then we have also a separate topic how can we celebrate you now sure i think those are yeah. two different topics so you don't think I, they would equate to it in my opinion i can okay well you can have your racist history that still offends me as long as i get to have one night in a jersey i think those are two different things hmm. what about uh, well a- another thing what if they said okay we're gonna tweak some of the lyrics to the eyes of texas maybe some of the more like uh, do not think you can escape them maybe that line which is seen a little bit more gruff some, um, some something like that there, yeah. no longer require the players uh, sing it whatever but still have like the tradition like at the end of the game with the fans and we all we love it yeah I mean what if there was something like that to me I think again going back to the 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 bargaining with the eyes of Texas I do think there's a middle ground I do think there's a compromise in my opinion I I feel like having the blackout uniforms having uh showing that solidarity I I agree with what you're saying I I definitely think you can look at it and say we're going to do this no matter what because it's we the support right thing you. To do. I get that. Yes, yeah. I, I agree with that. But but I do also think that we can say, look, guys, we're giving and taking here. Right. Eyes of Texas is going to be a sticking point for a lot of folks. Yeah. That's going to be something that our donors aren't going to give on. Here's here's a compromise. I, I mean, I yeah. don't know. I I don't really know where the answer is to that. I do think it's going to take a lot of discussion. Yeah. You know, back and forth. And I, I think the players are educated enough. I, I mean, they're they're incredibly intelligent. I, I think we'll find that happy medium. Mm-hmm. I will say this again all day long. We are burn orange. That is a unique <laughs> Texas color. And white. And I don't want nobody to, else. I don't want to see orange. that changed. Right. Nobody else. But I do think it would be incredibly powerful. To have DKR at a night game, completely blacked out, as we're introducing, you know, Julius Whittier, something being named like, for just, him. I have a goosebumps. Right. You I, can can you imagine like, it would be, what that would look like and how that would feel? That would be such a powerful yes. moment Oof. in Texas history. Yes. Wow. I, I, I really, I think yeah. that's something that... That we could really all be proud of and really strive for. And, and, and I'll wear my black boots. Yeah, girl. Like, bring it in. <laughs> Let's go. Bring it in. All right. Well, we will leave it on that note. Let you guys ruminate on that to wear black or to stay burnt orange. So until next time, I'm Megan. I'm Rocky. I'm Hannah. And this is Fire the Cannon.